It's the Brad Field Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction, servicing the entire state of Connecticut for over 25 years. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. I'm Dan Lavallo. He is Brad Field. Brad, this is our first podcast of the summer season. We did one last week, a day before summer, but summer is officially here. We said it was going to be weather appropriate, Dan, and my goodness, it came in right on cue. Uh, first heat wave of the season, but that uh, that heat wave is history. It began right after our podcast last Friday. Uh, we we had a Saturday reading of 92. Uh, Sunday it was 92. Monday 94. Uh, Tuesday 91 and Wednesday 91. So we officially had a five-day heat wave, a heat wave being described as a uh, temperature reading of 90 degrees or higher for three or more consecutive days. And these readings are being kept uh, at Bradley International Airport, Dan, where all official record-keeping takes place for interior Connecticut. Well, we have that first official heat wave, and as I look, I think last year we didn't get our first heat wave until July. I don't know about that. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're saying that's the case, that's the case. But uh, I'll tell you what, as I look at the weather uh, now through um, early July, first few days of July, I don't see any temperatures up over 90 degrees. So, you know, I think most folks will take it, and they like warm weather in the summer, and they like readings up into the 80s or whatever. But I think very few people like temperatures up into the 90s. That's just a little bit too hot. You could all, you could, you could feel the change in the air mass, Dan. Uh, we're recording this podcast on Friday morning, June 26th. So yesterday, Thursday, uh, June 25th, you could really feel that humidity drop off. And uh, we've we've got a fairly dry, comfortable day out there today. It's a gorgeous day. But you know what we're looking at, Dan, is the need for rain, desperate need for rain. You know, Brad, I was reading where unless we get an inordinate amount of rain over the remaining four days of June— we're going to have the second driest June since 1949. So we, we, there was a desperate need for rain for sure. Yeah, uh, we have not had a drop of rain, a measurable rainfall. Uh, again, this is all uh, up at Bradley International Airport is the, at the focal point. I mean, obviously, there's... Uh, you know, some showers popped up the other day over northeastern Connecticut, for example. But as far as a statewide rainfall, we haven't had one in two weeks. Uh, I took a look at the uh, rainfall deficit, Dan. We should have uh, between 21 and 22 inches of uh, precipitation. That would be rain and melted snow and sleet pellets and everything. We should have uh, up to around 22 inches by this point by the end of june we've only had over 16 inches so i did the um, calculation so we're running at a 25 percent deficit so that means for the entire year say we're supposed to get four inches of rain a month we only had three inches of rain a month so what that's doing uh is it's causing the uh the, the water table to go down and uh you know i personally 
um, out in the boonies have uh, well water. And, you know, you always are concerned about uh, how low the groundwater situation is going. And, uh, you know, you always, we, we always talk on this podcast about uh, balance, about thermal balance, and about uh, precipitation-type balance. You know, we, we have normals for a reason. Uh, if we didn't have uh, a normal amount of precipitation in, in a year, you know, farmers wouldn't be able to farm. Uh, it, would, it would turn into a, a dust bowl. So, you know, we always look for that balance. And, and, you know, a personal observation is about a month ago, uh, I walked out and I said to my wife, I said, take a look at our yard. I said, the, the grass is as green and as lush as I've ever seen it. Um, the, the footing was a little bit spongy because uh, we we had had a lot of rainfall and even snowfall in the early uh, spring months. But but lately, I mean, in the last two weeks, without a drop of rain, uh, now that gorgeous lush lawn uh, is 50% brown, and uh, the 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 uh, the soil feels firm as concrete. So it's been an amazing uh, change. Uh, over the last few days, but I guess that's what no rain for two weeks and your first summer heat wave is going to do to you. So uh, for the lawns and the gardens and the groundwater, Dan, we desperately need that rain. Brad, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I'll throw it out anyway, and if somebody in our audience knows, they could always uh, email us the answer, but what has to trigger an announcement from the state putting into effect either voluntary or mandatory watering restrictions of lawns, washing cars, etc.? Well, I guess we're getting toward that point, and they measure the, um, the ground soil moisture content, and we are now, portions of Connecticut, especially the northern parts of Connecticut, are in abnormally dry right now. So I think we're getting close to uh, a trigger and, uh, you know, I don't want to give away the entire crystal ball segment, but as I look down the line, it looks like overall the dry pattern is going to continue. So, uh, you know, I think maybe if this, this pattern, as we had in the last two weeks, of not a drop of measurable rain at Bradley, if that were to continue, say, another week or two, Yes, then I think that there would be, um, you know, some sort of restrictions on uh, car washing and uh, lawn watering and, and, and so forth. So I think that's a good observation that we can look toward if we don't get some rain soon. But I, you know, I do not want to bury the lead here. I do think we are going to get some rain uh, over this upcoming weekend and hopefully. You know, I know people are going to get mad at me and maybe say a curse word or two as they listen to this podcast because most people don't want it on the weekend. But at this point, I think we're going to have to take rain whenever it decides it's going to come. Okay, and uh, we'll get to all of that in just a moment. But, Brad, I want to talk a bit about McAllen Construction, which has been underwriting our podcast, servicing the entire state for over 25 years, a woman-owned, small minority business, licensed with the state of Connecticut, insured. McAllen Construction, licensed as a major contractor, new home construction contractor, plumbing and piping limited P7, 
home improvement contractor, and subsurface sewage installer, utility, carpentry, excavation, and when it snows, even snow removal for residents, commercial businesses, and state and local governments. Call McAllen Construction today, 203-758-3474, or visit them online at mcallenconstructionct.com. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. And I know, Brad, you and I have been so thankful for McAllen Construction's participation in our podcast, and now we are passing the baton, aren't we? Yes, yes. I, I want to I wanna thank McAllen Construction uh, once again, a great, great friend uh, to Bradfield Weather and uh, the Bradfield Weather podcast and uh, to our website, and they've uh, been great friends to um, myself and Sandy, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll have their sponsorship again down the line, but you know, they they uh, they sponsored us for the last six months, and we are so thankful to them. But they are. Uh, Mike and Christine McAllen are passing the baton off to uh, Kevin and Monica and Stephen and Karen and Sandy and all our friends over at Action Carpet in Simsbury, and we are so excited for that um, Action Carpet. Uh, takes the sponsorship reins next week. So you'll be hearing more about Action Carpet on our podcast. Now, speaking of action, you were mentioning that the humidity is uh, dropping. Now, does that have anything to do with the jet stream? Has the jet stream changed at all? Well, the weather map, yes, Dan, it has. We are getting uh, more of a flow at this point uh, down from eastern sections of Canada. And typically when you have um, a flow from a northerly or westerly component this time of year, uh, you will get dry air because it's coming off uh, land mass, as opposed to if you have a southerly or easterly flow this time of year, you get the uh, moisture coming in off the sound, off to the south, and the Atlantic Ocean off the southeast and east of us. So, uh, yeah, at this point, we are in a northwesterly flow, and we are getting dry air. So I know for, you know, tell the folks that uh, Dan Lavallo is going to be out on the golf course today. So I always say, Dan, when I'm out on the golf course, the safest place that anybody can possibly be is standing on the green holding the pin. <laughs> because... <laughs> That's probably the safest place you can be on the golf course. Wherever I'm aiming for, that's the safest place. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I wish you better luck than me. Thank you. But uh, it should it should be a, a fine day for you out there uh, golfing today. Well, that's, with low humidity. Oh, that's, that's the question you asked. Yeah. Yes, with low humidity. That's great. Well, let's let's use this as the vehicle to go to our on the weather map segment. What what's cooking as far as on the weather map? All right, Dan, way to our west, uh, just uh, to the north of Lake Michigan, we have a low-pressure area moving across eastern Canada. And the warm front right now extends to Detroit. So remember this warm front, because this is going to uh, play a pivotal role in our weekend weather. And also remember this cold front. Uh, This afternoon on Friday, June 26th, the cold front will extend from the low, which is north of Michigan, 
uh, the front south to Wisconsin, Iowa, and Kansas. So by Saturday morning, the warm front is going to be approaching southern New England from the south and west, and by evening, the warm front is going to be moving into northern New England. So what that means is we get a warm frontal passage during the day on Saturday. Now, that can be a triggering mechanism for thunderstorms because we've got competing winds. They're going to go around from the northwest uh, today in the low humidity to that southerly component uh, tomorrow, which we said will bring in moisture. So the humidity will rise, and the Severe Storms Prediction Center, which we have linked uh, at bradfieldweather.com, uh, so you can go to bradfieldweather.com and hit the link and go to the Severe Storms Prediction Center, or go, you know, if you're if there's a hurricane out there you're 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 chasing, uh, you can look at that too. Uh, Dan's put the links on the website. But tomorrow you're going to see that we have about a 15% chance of a severe thunderstorm uh, into southwestern Connecticut basically off to the south and west of Waterbury. So you look at um, SPC, and they break it down even further. There's a 2% chance of a tornado uh, north and west of New York City, um, also included in the tornado threat, eastern Pennsylvania and northwestern New Jersey. We've got that 15% uh, chance, so a, a little bit better chance of wind damage into southwestern Connecticut, um, all of northern New Jersey, and all of Pennsylvania. So you see the threat for severe is mostly from Waterbury and points south and west from there. And uh, there's about a 5% chance that we could see some hail in uh, southern New England during the day tomorrow. And also on Sunday, that, now the, the, the first batch of potential severe weather is with the warm front. And then Sunday, the second batch, there's a marginal 5% chance for most of southern, most of southern New England and uh, Vermont and New Hampshire on Sunday. That is with a cold front. So uh, we'll have to monitor that situation. Of course, we don't want severe weather. You don't want trees down and power lines down or anything like that. But we could certainly use the rainfall from any one of these uh, particular uh, storms that come through. So uh, Saturday morning, we've got the warm front approaching from the south and west. And again, that warm front into northern New England by Saturday evening. Sunday morning, the cold front will be approaching from western New York and northwestern uh, Pennsylvania. And then by Monday, the cold front is off Cape Cod and off the coast. So again, Dan, we talked about this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago where uh, we, we talked about the weather apps and the, the idea of if you mention the word thunderstorm in the forecast, it, you're going to get on the weather app that thunderstorm icon. And as I've stated, in the past two weeks, there has not been a drop of rain at uh, Bradley International Airport. Yet, though, many of those weather apps have had thunderstorm, thunderstorm, thunderstorm every day. And, and I want to make sure that our listeners understand that it's not going to rain the whole weekend. I, I do think that we could have a thunderstorm Saturday, uh, June 27th, and I think we could have a thunderstorm Sunday, June 28th. 
The storm on Saturday with the warm front, the storm on Sunday with the cold front. Sure, we could have a thunderstorm, but the thunderstorm might last maybe two hours, I would say at the outside three hours. So even though it's an inconvenience and it, you know, it may occur during the middle of a birthday party or something. Uh, I, you know, it's just the type of thing that when people ask me in the summer, should they cancel their plan? Should they cancel their cookout? Um, my answer is usually no, uh, because um, what if, what if the thunderstorm came at 1 PM and was completely over by 3 PM? And you canceled your your evening cookout. That would make no sense. So uh, what I advise people to do is understand that a thunderstorm is probably coming Saturday. Understand a thunderstorm is probably coming on Sunday. And then just go to bradfieldweather.com, click on the radar link. You know where your town is. Look, look at your town, and then look at, the, look at the graphic. It's the exact same graphic you would see on a television newscast where you can see where the thunderstorms are. And then if you loop the radar, and you've got the ability to do that on the bradfieldweather.com site, if you loop the radar, you can see, is it moving toward my house? Is it moving away from my house? So that's what I'd advise people to do, play Play uh, meteorologist yourself and and understand a storm is coming, but I wouldn't just cancel everything because you hear that word or you go to a weather app and you see that icon. Uh, I just wouldn't do it. So well, that's my pontification yeah, on that. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's great advice, but let me ask you, uh, b- because of what seems to be a weather pattern in flux over the weekend, is it possible to time out these storms for Saturday and Sunday, or at this point, is it too difficult to predict? No, Dan, they are largely heat-driven, so uh, they, they typically occur in the warmest part of the day. Now, that doesn't always happen, but if, if, if you've got a uh, warm air mass and you've got uh, uh, some triggering mechanism that I call it, for example, a warm front coming or a cold front coming. You've got to think what happens at that boundary. What happens when a cold front's coming? In front of the cold front, the wind is out of the south. And behind the cold front, the wind might shift to west or north. But the, but the point is, those winds are competing winds. They, they blow into each other and up against each other. Now, those winds, when they, they hit each other, can't buckle. They can't go into the ground because, obviously, wind can't go into the ground. So it goes straight up through the atmosphere. And so you've got rising columns of air. And as those rising columns of air cool, condensation takes place, clouds form, and there's oftentimes precipitation right along the frontal boundary. So you, you try to time when the warm front's coming through. You try to time when the coal fight's coming through as triggering mechanisms, but uh, the garden variety thunderstorms often pop up in when there's the most heating during the day and you get convective rising columns of air. And what I mean by that is, you know, you, you've been uh, maybe up to Bradley or something on a hot summer day, and if you're looking out the windows outside, you can almost see the heat rising off the tarmac. 
um, it, that, that's columns of convective heat coming up off the off the ta- the blacktop and the tarmac. So th- that's what I mean by convective heat. So uh, th- th- this is what you face in the in the summertime. Uh, little triggering mechanisms, as we discussed in the last podcast, like even a sea breeze front can often form thunderstorms. You know, there might be a little narrow strip of thunderstorms, say five miles inland from the immediate Connecticut shoreline, but that might be the only place in all of Connecticut that gets the thunderstorms, and that might be right along the the sea breeze front line where a southerly wind off the sound is is opposed by a northerly wind through the northern two-thirds of Connecticut. So it's interesting how these, these storms form and track in the summer. Now, let's look into the crystal ball, because you mentioned that this dry pattern is going to continue. So look into the crystal ball and perhaps uh, give us a guesstimate as to how long this might last. Yeah, the National Weather Service has issued their um, extended outlook for the first week of July, Dan, and the second week of July. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's good news because I know a lot of people will and, and you know, they're, they're vacationing perhaps and, and, uh, and, and want the nice weather day after day. But uh, it, it does look like the, war, the very uh, warm pattern and the very dry pattern uh, has some legs to it. So in other words, it might persist. So that is why I am so hopeful that we get a good dousing of rain at some point on Saturday and a good dousing of rain at some point on Sunday because overall the weather pattern looks dry. I want to give a little uh, caveat, though, to the European computer model, Dan, because uh, that has a little bit of a storm um, in northern Virginia on Wednesday morning of next week, and that, that's July 1st. Uh, and that storm tracks off the New Jersey coast on Thursday. So uh, we, could, we could cheer on the European model a little bit that there could be another round of rain in the middle part of next week. So, and again, uh, the shower thunderstorm threat twice this weekend, warm front Saturday, cold front Sunday. And then the European computer model with that low-pressure area in the midweek uh, period next week. So we can uh, look at that. But you asked about the, the uh, crystal ball segment. It looks like uh, the first week of July we're going to have a trough in the west, so it should be cooler with respect to average in the west, and then the ridge will be through the Great Lakes, so then warmer than average uh, with respect to average uh, here in the uh, Great Lakes region and the northeastern part of the United States. And it looks like a below average in terms of precipitation here once again. Uh, the the average high temperature uh, for the first week of July is in the middle eight, 84 degrees, and the normal low uh, rises from 60 to 62 uh, during that first week of July. So if it's warmer with respect to average, we're looking uh, like early call on the 4th of July is maybe 85 to 90, something like that and uh, maybe 65 to 70 for the overnight low temperature. So it looks, it looks very warm. I wouldn't really call it hot. Um, as I looked at all of the computer guidance for the next, say, 10 days or so, I do not see 
uh, a return to temperatures in the 90s. So uh, perhaps that that first heat wave, um, you know, maybe maybe it's gone for a while in terms of uh, that kind of heat here in the Northeast. So instead of 90 to 95, 85 to 90. So a lot more uh, people are more tolerant of that kind of uh, temperature than way up into the 90s. Second week of uh, July looks very similar, Dan. Um, hot with respect to average through the Great Lakes in the Northeast, but cool with respect to average in the um, coastal and Intermountain West, and also the southeast, where it looks to be cloudy and wet. Um, I want to point out to our listeners also, Dan, that our next podcast, which uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get together on Thursday, July 2nd, our next podcast, what I'm planning to do is take the folks hour by hour through the 4th of July holiday weekend. Uh, I know there are... Uh, some parties. I know there are some limited parades. I know there that there are some uh, limited fireworks uh, here and there. Um, but I, I'll take you through hour by hour for your planning. So uh, we've got that to look forward to the Fourth of July holiday coming up next weekend. That's right. It'll be here before you know it. And uh, just to put a wrap on things, then what does our immediate forecast look like? And again, we're doing this podcast on Friday, June twenty sixth. Dan, it looks beautiful this afternoon, so golf well. Mostly <laughs> sunny, warm and dry. It looks like mid-80s for interior Connecticut, uh, 80 or so at the Connecticut shoreline. Clear overnight, um, pretty comfortable. Temperatures 58 to 64 statewide. Now, for Saturday, it's a mainly cloudy day. Now, that does not preclude that there can be some sun. It will become more humid. Uh, temperature 75 to 80, so very reasonable with regard to the temperature. The clouds blotting out a lot of the uh, sunshine. And there's a chance for shower or thunderstorm, especially later in the day and evening. Uh, and, and again, I remind everybody to go to the bradfieldweather.com site. Uh, click on the link there for the SPC, uh, Severe Prediction Center and Severe Storm Prediction Center, and uh, take a look and, and, and see if they're, you know, the wind threat, the hail threat, the tornado threat. You can see where they are all located. It looks like 60s overnight Saturday night and muggy. Sunday looks humid. Uh, again, the cold front approaching with another round of showers and thunderstorms. And I would time that, uh, Dan asked about the timing. I would time that especially later in the day. Temperatures in the 80s on Sunday, closer to 80 at the shoreline. Monday looks like a mix of sun and clouds with moderate humidity, 80s, except near 80 at the shoreline. Now, Tuesday, I'm going to go optimistic here and go with the European and hopefully think we're going to get some rain. So Tuesday, I'm going to go mostly cloudy with some scattered showers and thunderstorms, temperatures in the 70s. And Wednesday, some scattered showers and thunderstorms, 70s at the Connecticut shoreline, closer to 80 inland. Uh, Wednesday, again, the first day of July, and then late next week, we will have our uh, podcast really focusing on that 4th of July weekend. All right, my friend. Well, you and Sandy and your family, you have a great weekend. To our podcast audience, a great weekend. As always, a big thank you to our first responders on the front lines. And 
Well, again, uh, have a great weekend. Thank you very much, Dan. You and Susan have a great weekend, all our listeners. And I am so thankful that you thank the frontline responders every week, and I echo that. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Our Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction, a full-service construction company servicing the entire state of Connecticut. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail.